That's a dreadful ball and Chelsea could be in here with Goff who goes for goal and scores! Finds the back of the net! Henri! What a goal! Inspiration for Arsenal from Thierry Henri! Medler, lovely cushion header for The Ghost Goal Podcast. Welcome to the Ghost Goal Podcast. We're through five weeks of the Premier League, and oh boy, do we have some controversy. Everton and Liverpool engaged in a contentious Merseyside derby. Liverpool getting an early lead before they lost something much more important when Jordan Pickford took out Virgil van Dijk, ending his season with an ACL injury. Richarlson later sent off for a red card for taking out Thiago when the when Liverpool later think that they have a winner and it's taken back by the worst offsides call I've ever seen in my entire life. Chelsea and Southampton got off to a goal fiesta that ended 3-3. Timo Werner opening his Chelsea account in the Premier League. Kai Havertz additionally getting on the score sheet. Southampton were able to nip it back and get one at the death and save a point from that game. Manchester City got a 1-0 victory over Arsenal. Kind of a snoozer, but good tactics from City, who saw Raheem Sterling score. Manchester United in penalties, a romance that will truly never die. United beat Newcastle 4-1, thanks to some late goals from Bruno Fernandes, Juan Bissaka, and Marcus Rashford. And on Sunday, we truly had a classic in the Premier League. When Spurs went up 3-0 on West Ham, they brought on Gareth Bale for the last 20 minutes to have a kickabout, and then West Ham decided they wanted to suddenly play football in the 82nd minute. They scored a goal. Moments later, Spurs getting known goal then all of a sudden it was 3-2 when Lanzini hit an absolute rocket of a goal they got the hammers a point with quite literally the last kick of the game welcome to the ghost goal podcast I'm Andrew Passaro we got the whole crew back together today Javier Revelo, Alex Moss the Champions League is back we got the Premier League back on Friday I think we have football United, every single United day got week. another penalty today against PSG they did. like they did I think it's is that every game this season they've gotten a penalty I don't know if it's every game this season, but from now on, I and I forgot to do it today. So hand up to me, by me. I fucked up by telling you guys not to bet that. We are betting that from now on until it doesn't hit. Manchester United, go can, just a penalty be, to be conceded. It was plus 160 over the weekend. I collected on that. But yeah, just... What a what a day! I mean, Barcelona got a big win. Uh, PK getting sent off in the Champions League. He's going to miss the the match against Juventus. Juventus getting a two 0 victory, obviously without Cristiano Ronaldo today. Chelsea drawing against Sevilla at home. So much to tackle. So much to talk about. But how's everybody doing? You are right. There is football every day. Europa League Thursday. I'm guessing Premier League Friday. And sure, Premier League Friday. Yeah, and it like, looks like the uh, I think the FA Cup starts up or the uh, Carabao Cup, whatever. I don't know if that's at the end of this month or early in, at November. But we're going to have footy. I think Arsenal play from now till like December, almost twice a week, every single week. So it's it's. I'm sure Chelsea everyone. and Liverpool are the same. Yeah, that's everyone. Everyone, everyone who's in Europe, and yeah, it's just it's going to be really fun. We're going to see a lot of games, and that's why uh, and the, us and, and Liverpool is, threw those Carabao Cup games, right, Andrew? We threw them because we wanted yes, to focus we did. on Premier League and uh, Champions League. We're fully committed to the you, competitions that matter. You're damn right, Alex. I said that on Twitter, in fact, myself. By the way, you can follow us on Twitter at GhostGoldPod, at Andrew Passaro, at ASMoss92, and at JavierRev9. Yes, uh, Liverpool did throw that game. Um, (sighs) Speaking of Liverpool-throne games, we should just get right into it. Because, I I mean, honestly, you guys definitely should have fucking won that game. Like, I'm so mad. (laughs) I'm so mad, okay? I know we wanted to try to, like, do things a little differently and uh, look ahead to everything that's coming up this weekend. But um, 
Alex, we will we will get there. Let's just let's just start with the Merseyside derby that ended two. I was about to say, what are you mad at? Because there's multiple things you could be mad at. All of it. Fuck Jordan Pickford. That's the first one. Jordan Pick or I'm mad at Jordan Pickford for making the tackle. I'm mad at Jordan Pickford and the referees for not getting set off. I'm mad at Richarlson for being an asshole. We've seen this is not the first time we've seen Richarlson just lay an absolute leg cruncher in on somebody. He's done this multiple He's times. A real so piece I'm, of shit. I'm pretty sure we predicted that last week. Yeah, and I said I said that Richarlson was going to be like a dickhead and not show up in this game, and lo and behold, he sucked ass, ends up getting sent off, and and then I'm mad at the VAR for, for fuck you, David, David Coot. For for taking away the Jordan Henderson goal that was offside in the buildup in the 93rd minute. And lastly, you know what I'm mad about? That was a brilliant performance by Liverpool that I just walked away with, like, what's that... Um that that quote from I just felt like I I tasted like excellence and it all turned to ash in my mouth in like the matter of like 30 seconds I went from you know everything is great everything is perfect like they played I thought they played perfectly the the Tiago Henderson Fabinho midfield looked amazing it looked like one of our, our we had a great performance the front line was buzzing around Mosala scored Sadio Mane scored the defense without Van Dyke, I'm definitely missing him on the headers, but you know, Joel Matip played well. Gomez wasn't an issue. Adrian wasn't at fault for the goals, in my opinion. Like they played a good game of football in a contentious derby, and everything just got like I, I just feel like I, I got like the back of my shirt pulled back and my neck snapped right at the death of the game. And I was like, I did go back to sleep after this game, but I was I was angrier about this than like pretty much anything like period like the van dyke losing van dyke i i do think it might be good for the league in the sense that like it's definitely puts us back on the same level as city and it definitely knocks us down a peg and this is gonna be the first time that we're going to be playing without with with allison and not van dyke and he's going to be out for upwards of five to six months i really hope that he can recover in time for the euros but he's, like they're going to have to buy a center back or we're going to have to change the midfield around, around and, and Fabinho is going to have to step into to center defense, which I don't really love for a long-term option. There's just, there's just It was just such a great game that was ruined by my bad calls by the VAR. And and I know a lot of people are on the internet like making fun of Liverpool right now for for writing to the to the Premier League to have that reviewed. And that doesn't make sense to me. Like I, I, don't, I don't Regardless if you're like a fan of Manchester City or Manchester United or Chelsea or whatever, I don't care what you are. I don't understand how you're okay with a team getting screwed that hard multiple times by the referees and not expecting them to like write to the league to be like, Hey, we want a full explanation as to why these guys did what they did. I don't, I don't think that's us being like, always the victim. Never, never, never the problem. No, it's someone someone new every week. It's someone new every week who gets fucked by VAR. Um, I was also actually really angry that they chalked off your goals offside. Not just because I have Mane in fantasy, but because I, if that was Arsenal, I would have been freaking the fuck out being like, what the fuck? How was that? an offside goal and you guys got a perfectly good winner in the last minute and I thought you deserved to win the game too um I thought Everton played really well um and kind of kept like Liverpool did their usual burst in the first you know 15 minutes where they kind of caught Everton a little bit off guard got their goal um then I thought Everton really played well back into it um you know uh, got in off a, a a keen set piece um, beautiful ball by Hamas Rodriguez, and then um, I thought it was pretty even for the for for a while. But you could really tell in that second half that Liverpool was pushing. But I think this, the Salah goal kind of came out of nowhere. That was just a, a brilliant fucking goal from Salah. 
Um, his hundredth, his hundredth Liverpool goal, by oh, the way. Wow. It's not going to get talked about at all. Um, and that's and that's the wildest thing about all this. That if they won, you know, even with like everything happening, you probably would have talked about that. But you know, I listen to multiple Liverpool podcasts. No one's talking about that at all. And it's like I, I feel, I almost feel bad for him because he deserves more credit for scoring a hundred goals for Liverpool this quickly. And I mean, honestly, Sorry. that Van Dijk tackle should have been a penalty for Liverpool. <laughs> I don't get how that whole like. Oh, just because it was off the ball and it was offside, like so, it just means that if you're offside, you can just go in and punch the opposing goalkeeper in the face. But oh, I was offside, so, so like I, well, that's not violent conduct, right? I don't know if it was ever on the table that it would have been given as a penalty because what you just said, it was called the what they looked at in VAR was that it was offside. But well, what they should definitely have looked should have been at, reviewed for a red, yeah, exactly, yeah. They should have looked at it for a sending off because you know the the, the actual play itself and like anything, the outcome of anything. That happens after an offside is you know null and void from VAR but that doesn't mean you can go around trying to tear people's legs off so um, yeah that was I, I'm just happy that Jordan Pickford is around to to make Kepa look somewhat also he know, was trash in that normal. in that goal Jordan Henderson put the ball right at him oh yeah he in really that got last saved goal there. and he just like he got saved he again have, he did have some nice saves earlier in the game he saved the Trent free kick that was good yeah. there was another there was a, there was multiple he had multiple moments where he saved Everton prior to that but I mean it's Jordan Pickford we know he's gonna fuck up eventually but, but the, like, can I say can I say one thing. I did call Everton, you know, showing up in this game, which I know that they probably didn't deserve to win, but they coming out with a point is, I think, huge for them because Alex was saying, you know, this is this is the game. Let's see if Everton can get something out of this. Getting a draw against Liverpool, I mean, they've usually it's been like ten years since they've gotten a Derby win. They didn't get a win here, but at least they got a point, which is decent considering where they were in the table. So, considering how uh, how bad they were and how much Liverpool probably deserved to win. You know, you can say yeah. one of those uh, two goals, the header from Keane on the set piece in the first half and the uh, header from Calvert-Lewin, the really impressive, like, uh, dominant header that he had. I bet Allison probably does something You can say one of those, one of those happens with Van Dijk in there, but not two. Like, you know, th- both of those aren't happening. So, uh, with Van Dyke going off, what was it, like 15 minutes into the game, 16 minutes, something like that? Like, that just uh, that sets you back uh, pretty far. So Liverpool needed to be sharper offensively than they ended up being. And, uh, yeah, credit to Everton that they they're uh, managed to figure out some things defensively. Thiago and, looked really good. He had that beautiful no-look pass to Mane uh, yeah, to set was, up that. Uh, he was just what we, we thought yeah, he was going to be. Yeah, just what we thought he was going to be. So I'm definitely not looking field. forward to watching him just destroy teams this season so i think i think i hope he's healthy i hope he's healthy for ix i don't know if he will be i i tweeted this earlier today i i think there's a really good chance that we might see like a curtis jones wynaldum henderson midfield against ix in the in the champions league this week and maybe tiago's back this weekend for for sheffield i think i think from everything i've read it doesn't sound like the tiago injury injury was as bad as as they anticipated is what I've heard. Well, so let's hope he's not. Yeah, I, let's hope he's not injury prone because yeah. I, I know he yeah. did have a lot of injury problems at Bayern, and I mean, especially with those knees. Yeah. Looking forward to that Sheffield game, though. I mean, you guys should have a pretty easy win, I think. Yeah, I, I would Sheffield agree. Sheffield have I, conceded I don't, I don't the think... most shots in the Premier League so far this season. And I think they've only scored one goal in open play, so it's... they couldn't beat Fulham over the weekend. Yeah. I mean, and, and like Fulham. Are... Now their next three games are Liverpool away, uh, City at home, and Chelsea away. So and then yeah yeah they could be um, looking at one point after eight games which it's 
going to be a, a big they're hole in, to dig out of. They're in nineteenth right now. I, I was looking at the table earlier, and and they're only above Fulham. So, uh, yeah, I I, I probably won't talk much more about that Sheffield game, which is this weekend. Liverpool are hosting Sheffield at three o'clock, and I think at one point on it's Sunday. Not, right? I don't think it's happening. Ne- yeah, um, on Saturday. Yes, Saturday on, at three p.m. That Saturday afternoon. Um, at one point, this was talked about as it's not going to happen, but it was supposed to be the first game that's going to have fans in it. Like it would have been a, a limited number of fans, but they were talking about having fans back in the stadiums in England. At some Co- sense, COVID this is back raging happening. in Europe and in the UK, so yeah. it doesn't look like that stuff's yeah. happening anytime soon. Second, I mean, second wave that we would have. Speaking of games that we would have loved to see have, have fans this weekend is, well, it's not even on the weekend, but it's it's Friday afternoon and it's Aston Villa leads. Aston Villa, who are currently second in the table. They've only played four games. Uh, they got a big win over Leicester on Sunday afternoon with, with Ross Barkley, who, who came in, uh, obviously on loan from Chelsea, gets the late winner for Villa to beat Leicester. And Leicester have now dropped a couple games to some some teams that we wouldn't expect them to for a team that's trying to compete for the top four and and Villa are right in the mix and and you know they're going to play Leeds on Friday and you know it's it's hard to think they won't just cruise right past Leeds who lost again on Monday night uh to to Wolves uh Raul Jimenez scoring again um you know what do you, I, Alex I know called that you guys one. Obviously, uh, I'll, t- I'll give you that one Alex yeah, I felt I, like I pulled, Wolves were the first team the, to really I pulled really out nullify the rare Leeds. guarantee I called my shot and I stuck by it <laughs> And there was a moment there in the first I half mean, that Leeds looked really good, and I was yeah, they worried did for a little bit. But I, I felt like second I bet half on, they I bet did on enough. Leeds. You did. You bet. I, on I Leeds, bet on okay. Leeds. I, I bet oh, on Leeds, and I had him as the score. I told you that was that yeah. was dumb. But yeah. no, no, no I didn't, I'm sorry. I didn't bet on Leeds. I bet on Wolves. I had Wolves plus money, and I had oh, uh, okay. um, I had I had I'm sorry. And I had uh, Raul Jimenez to score, so I that like after I did absolute shit over the weekend, and I um, didn't want to put up a video Monday because I was just so fucking cold. I just tweeted out, "Hey, by the way, like I already bet this. I'm not gonna go, you know, through the trouble of putting a video out there when I'm as ice cold as I was." But uh, yeah, I did have. I'm undefeated on Monday Night Football so far this year, somehow. But uh, but the um, Aston Villa. What do we think game, of Villa? The Aston Villa setup is I'm not going to say it's similar to Wolves but you know they are similar in that they are technically a counter-attacking team I mean I'm sure they can grow into something much more later this season but they really uh, nullified Leicester I mean Leicester without Jamie Vardy and without plenty of players and it looks like Leicester yeah there was a lot of players out too. But yeah, I, I thought that was impressive very impressive performance against from Villa uh, Martinez made a bunch of saves again uh, I mean, you could tell in that in this Leicester game that they that twenty million they paid for him was worth every fucking dime. Like he's already made that money back for them, and yeah, I don't. I mean, this looks like a Villa side that's not going to be struggling for relegation. I know that it's pretty early, still four games in, but getting four wins out of four that doesn't well, really five. happen if you're no. They've played four games, I believe. Oh yeah, they've yeah, only yeah, played they four games. Game um, I think they were supposed to play Manchester United, at, or I think they were supposed to play United the opening week of the season, but obviously couldn't because of. Uh, United's late European secret agent run. Ross Barkley, Alex. You uh, you happy that he got a goal against Leicester here? Uh, yeah, he's uh, planted to take points off all of our rivals, and uh, he will do just that. That is what Ross Barkley does. He may look dumb while doing it, but you know he'll pop up with some with some great goals like that one and the deflected think, shot against Liverpool. I think Villa were showing signs of this at the tail end of last season. Um, they Not definitely this. had a. Had, no, not like on, this man, good. But this. I'm saying that they like, they nobody expected. We didn't know that they, they would put this much investment into the squad and like actually were, go get yeah, some they, first team quality. They players. did it last summer too. They they did put a lot of investment into the team. And this Estevel is a big club. I mean, they're a team who 
when Alex and I were started watching the Premier League in the mid two thousands, uh, they were a team who were competing in that top six seven, and who had a really good manager, Martin O'Neill, and and brought up a lot of young English talent at the time. And it was really sad for me to see them fall away and get relegated. So I'm glad to see that they're back, to see that they are most likely going to stay up this season, and that they're going to be a you know forced to be reckoned with home and away. So. I think that's pretty fun to pretty fun to see, and I don't know if Dean Smith is going to be the man for the job. It looks like after these first four games, he is. We were we were questioning it at the tail end of last season, but yeah, no, I'm uh, very impressed with Aston Villa right now, and not looking forward to playing them at all. Yeah, it's not fun. Can't confirm. <laughs> um, let's look ahead. Some of the other games coming up this weekend: West Ham taking on Manchester City Saturday at seven thirty. I mean, this one should be pretty clean cut. We saw Manchester City should obviously it? get a, a pretty clean cut. I was about to say, I don't know about what, that. what is clean cut? Hold now? on. Let me finish. Let me finish. Oh, on it. paper, it, it should be clean cut. However, however, are Manchester City going to have their leading striker, Sergio Aguero, after he committed um, an atrocity on the field on Saturday afternoon? People are asking. Are, are, people are, are asking. Are we, do, Does do we, Sergio Aguero hate women? Do, people do are asking. Think, do we think that's like a real thing, or do you think it was just like in the moment? I, I think I think it was disrespectful. <laughs> I think that if I that had been a man or a woman ref, if if that's a man or a woman ref, it doesn't. I don't think it matters. I think just putting your hand on the back of someone's neck and just kind of like pushing on them. Okay, man. Should, right. You should never that's, touch the referees that, like that's that. That's an awful man description, but okay. Uh, you I mean, would encourage it looks, anyone to go watch it for themselves. It doesn't look... It, it's super cringy for anyone who watches it, so... So, the, I found out that the actual proper process that would have had to have happened for anything uh, to happen to Aguero is that the referee themselves would have had to make a complaint. And she seemed pretty like, pretty much like, get the hell off me. Like and let's get back to it. Like stop your stop your bitching and complaining and just let's get back to it. So uh, yeah, Specific, it doesn't look right, like let's she get back had to a the game. Let's talk she, about the City Arsenal. She, game she's a big girl. She can she can. Uh, I'm she sure. Can fight for I'm herself. sure. I'm sure she doesn't want the extra. She doesn't attention need a whole bunch her. of white knights coming in saying, "Oh my right. gosh, Aguero was so disrespectful." Like she can handle herself. Um, I just think that it, it was a bit disrespectful and probably should have gotten a yellow card for touching a referee because you never see. That. I think. I think. We'd be having the conversation about him getting suspended for touching the referee, whether if it was a dude too. So, yeah. um, that's that's my honest two te- two cents. Um, but I thought that, at least from an Arsenal point of view, I was I was fairly happy with the team's performance. Uh, even though we didn't get a anything from this game, Arsenal had just as many, if not more, opportunities than Manchester City, and we were able to keep Manchester City to just you know two or three very good opportunities for them two or three very good opportunities for us. And this easily could have been a 1-1 draw um, or even a 2-1 win for Arsenal if, if, if we'd, we'd finished some of our chances. So I thought it was a good tactical performance from both managers, honestly, because Pep Guardiola did a three at the back with Ake, Ruben Diaz, and Kyle Walker. And it seemed to nullify our threat of our wingbacks for the most part at... Uh, Saka did have a few moments, but... You know, it was it was it was it seemed to shore up defensively a lot of the problems Manchester City have been having so far this season, and we weren't able to create nearly as many chances as other teams have been able to create against Manchester City. But at the same token, you know, City did sacrifice a lot going forward, and I thought Arsenal did very well to to nullify that threat that Manchester City had. 
But of course, when I saw Aguero on the team sheet, which I know that we failed to mention him in the last podcast, it was a very last minute, you know, addition to their squad. I think it was only announced on Friday evening that he was going to be coming into the squad. As soon as I saw Aguero, I was like, oh, shit, man. He always he always fucks us up. And, you know, he, he slipped in the ball for, for Foden, who got the shot off and... I don't know if Leno could have done a little bit better there and maybe deflected it not into the middle of the goal for just an easy tap-in for Sterling, but it was it was not the type of goal that you like to concede, and it, it was very easy for them. Other than that, they didn't have many easy chances, which, again, from an Arsenal point of view, I was really happy. It was a little bit weird seeing Pepe start in the middle. We yeah, saw like Aubameyang start striker. on the left, Pepe in the middle, and Willian on the right. Willian was trash as usual. Alex, I'm convinced now. Javier, he had his you, one you good were game. So, you were so in love with him after the, the Fulham no, game. Fuck William on the fuck William train. Wait, so so you're telling me that Fulham oh, a three 0 win against Fulham is not something you should uh, you know uh, judge players. Judge on. William okay. on no, no good to no. know. We're done with that. <laughs> fuck William. He deserves today. to be on the bench. I want I want Lacazette starting again. I told you we he just stunned players like game. Pepe's growth, like Pepe, right. Saka, uh, Willick, like all of those players. That, I mean, he'll be useful for Europa League. Don't get me wrong. He'll be an absolute right. stud in that. But yeah, you shouldn't be playing him against Manchester City or uh, or Liverpool or anyone of that caliber. We saw um, we saw a 10 minute debut from Thomas Partey came on in the 80th minute. Couldn't really see too much from him, given that there wasn't a lot of time in the game and City had just shut up shop. So it was not uh, not the dream debut for him, but I'm expecting him to start in the Premier League game coming up this weekend when we play Leicester City which I think is going to be a really fun game. Two teams, both now with three wins and two losses. And kind of whoever wins this game, I kind of see them as establishing themselves as maybe still being able to push for that top four spot. I think if you lose this, you know, you'll, you'll be in a little bit of a hole. Obviously, it's still really early in the I season. I hate to bring but back old themes, but we've played five games. Like I know. Vi- I know. Villa yes. don't have a title race. Uh, you know, Everton, Everton don't do. have a title race. Everton. No, they Come don't. On, Neither of those Everton teams have aren't a title, win title shit. race. Like, and then this applies to Arsenal, Leicester, Chelsea, like all these teams. Like, I know the league is like wide open. I want right to win, now. Alex. All we, we know to is win. that like, Sunday at three fifteen. Everything's up it's in the air. It's a big game. And yeah, it is a big game. And you guys will probably hope to take advantage of uh, Leicester's injuries. I'm not sure how many more of them are going to be lingering. Uh, but Soyuncu looks like he's going to be out for multiple months. I think I heard. And like, Leicester, three Leicester months. does have uh, Europa League on Thursday as well. So. <laughs> Yeah, that'll be interesting. That should be interesting to see what type of lineup they put out for that. And I don't know. I kind of fancy our chances against this Leicester side. I think Arteta's been getting it uh, right. I kind of do too. Arteta's been getting it right. I, I think we... Your last league game between you guys, Javier, ended up in a 1-1 draw at the Emirates in July. Okay. Okay. 1-1 draw. That w- I remember that game now. It was... I, I mean, we should have won that game. And I think Arteta... Giving this, giving a second go around at home, we should be able to pull a win out of this, especially with Leicester kind of ailing after their first three, first three wins, which lo- they looked really good in those first three wins, but they've gotten a bunch of injuries since then. Jamie Vardy, we don't know if he's going to be back. Sionichu looks to be out long term, and you got to think that our front line, who hasn't had the the most opportunities this season, will fancy their chances against this this you know injured Leicester side. So I'm going to say I'm going to say two one Arsenal. Alrighty. That's probably the right call. Maybe even a one nil, like a really tight game, like this yeah. uh, the Villa game was last week. Just because you guys do look to be a little bit more focused on like securing the defensive side of things before you really we, stretch I know yourselves that it's in attack. Very early days, but 
you know, we are the we have only outside of Aston Villa, we've only conceded two goals. We are the second best defense in the league, having only conceded six. Title challenge, which is uh, hilarious. Our Arsenal but, title challenge. Are we no, hearing no, it here first yet, on the Ghost Goal Podcast? No, yeah. no, just defensively, <laughs> Good, we've, exactly. we seem to be decent. You know, Good, Javier. You didn't improved. take the bait. Congratulations. No, Alex. No, no title challenges here. Um, all right. Well, let's go back to where We're we started this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> We're having a good episode today, fellas. I really needed this. Uh, let's get back to where we were before, which was actually somehow we got from talking I about West Ham and exactly Manchester City. I can tell you exactly how this happened. Because we were talking about <laughs> well, West Ham, Man City. We went Man City, Arsenal, and then straight to Arsenal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, then we need fuck Man we City, need, West Ham. We don't I, have to I was talk actually, about that. I, was, I, mean, uh, I, I wanted to say about City in that Arsenal game. I, I know people don't think it's that impressive to be Arsenal 1 0, but you know, Arsenal seemed to have gotten their shit together to the level that, like I said in the preview for that game, like it was a general concern for City, especially with all the injuries uh, and the one to De Bruyne that uh, they might not get the win here after going two games in a row without uh, a win in the Premier League. It was really necessary. So a kind of boring 1-0 win is something that Man City fans will absolutely take. And uh, we'll see how they do against Porto in the Champions League tomorrow. Um, And this West Ham game, I I think it's probably not the same level of danger on uh, Saturday morning. But after what we've seen West Ham do and the kind of spirit they've played with uh, these last three match weeks... I think you have to take them uh, as as a real threat. Like I, they, they they locked up that side Ben Rama deal I was talking about in the last pod, uh, right at the deadline on like Friday, Friday night. Uh, so it wasn't in time for him to play against Tottenham, but he's a player that I, I I'm imploring people go watch his highlights in the championship. Like he's a player that legitimately tore the championship to ple- to pieces the last two seasons. I know it's the second division in England, but. You know, Jared Bowen was doing something similar to the championship when uh, West Ham signed him. So uh, they've got themselves a couple of really good looking wingers. And it looks like Manuel Zini's back. <laughs> I never thought I'd hear his name again. And uh, he's I hate that guy. He's back with an absolute I hate that rocket. guy so much right now. <laughs> no, that was probably the goal of the season. And we're in match week five. So I know. I know. And that's OK. So this is where gambling is not fun, kids. Gambling, you know, you have a shitty day on Saturday, you go one and three and you decide you look at the you look at the slate for Sunday and you take a look at West Ham and you look at, at Spurs and you say, oh, Tottenham and both to score plus 190. That makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? It makes a lot of sense. It made so much sense that West Ham scoring at the 82nd minute and you think, oh, well, well, Spurs walked this game. West Ham are dead. They're not going to do anything, even though. Recently, they blitzed Wolves 4-0, and then they obviously beat Leicester the week after that. It's like, yeah, they're not going to do this in a, in a London Derby. Spurs would never absolutely choke that away. No, ne- never them. See, I don't know how see, they could do that. The Newton's third law of Tottenham is uh, when it, whatever you you say is impossible for, that's for Tottenham to do is immediately becomes possible. That is the great exactly. power so of lads It's Tottenham. Like, And that's exactly what happened. And um, so, again... Tottenham played great football. They're up three nothing in, in the within sixteen minutes. Son gets a goal. Kane gets a brace. Spurs are having so much fun there. They're bringing on Lucas Mora. They're bringing on Gareth Bale. They're you know, and Balbuena scores in the eighty second. And then Davidson Sanchez has an absolutely moronic own goal in the eighty fifth. And then and then you know they're pushing Tottenham. They're pushing Tottenham. And then Lanzini. There's a there's a free kick off the left side of the box, and you all saw it. And Lanzini hits this absolute perfect ball, like a ball that if you asked him to hit it 
10 more times, I guarantee you he wouldn't score a goal again off uh, of it. Uh, if you ask him to hit it under those same conditions 100 more times, uh, it's <laughs> not going where it went. <laughs> it's uh, And gambling just absolutely ruined the moment for me. And that's the worst part is that I was so... I honestly... like. I, I, you know, if you're not a Tottenham fan, you can skip the next 15 seconds. How do you guys do this every week? Like, I, I I'm genuinely like, like I'm asking. Like, Man, how? every week, how every do you, year. Listen, Son's got seven goals and two assists. Harry Kane, four or five goals and seven assists. I'm sure they're enjoying at least a part of their games. Like, it's pretty fun to, even if your team is is drawing games like this, still I mean, winning, the, get, the, banging the, in the goals is still fun. They just beat Manchester United going six up, one away. Like right. the game yeah. before this. They're doing fine. They're doing fine. I mean, that was... And, that and, was and now they play though. Burnley on the weekend, away at Burnley, who are going to be a desperate team here. I don't think we're going to see as many suck, goals. I think Burnley are just going to sh- try to shut up shop, but... I feel like Tottenham always does well against Burnley, They though. do. They've Burnley has only beaten Tottenham once since they've come back up in the Premier League in 2014. Um, I'm looking at their record now. They did one time at home get a 2-1 win. This was in 2019. Other than that... Tottenham has won or drawn every single game against Burnley in the last six years. So this is this All is right, usually well, we a team that, that bangs in the goals against. Uh, they they beat them five nil last time at home. So again, we need to go back to Manchester City and West Ham. Like I said, West Ham have low key taken some scalps recently. They 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 blasted Wolves. They beat Leicester. They come back and get a draw against Tottenham. Manchester City are no no uh, fashion just playing football at will right now with the amount of injuries and uh, changes to the squad. Does anybody fancy West Ham this weekend, or am I just being delusional? Well, let's Maybe see. For a draw. So Maybe for the a last draw. one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. The last ten games, Manchester City has beaten West Ham. So Manchester City on a 10-game winning streak against West Ham, spanning back to 2015. And they've uh, blown <laughs> past them in every single game. 5-0, 4-1, 4-0, 4-1, 4-0. So Man City like playing West Ham. I just don't know. Basically, we're tr- what we're trying to say is, is this a different West Ham team to the one we've been seeing for the last five years? I It's it's actually, the question I'm asking more is, this is a, it's a, this is a different Manchester City team. I mean, there's no really conversation that, you know, they've had to play Raheem Sterling up at striker for a while. You know, yeah, but with Aguero back, I think Bernardo Bernardo Silva looked decent in back, that De Bruyne but is he role. Back, do you know what I'm he saying? He didn't look bad against Arsenal, though. It's not he like he looked pretty was... decent. Yeah, he looked decent against us. Okay, all right, that's fair. I'm um, still leaning yeah, towards I, City in this. But, I'm going you know, to West as well. Ham is not is not just the the team that rolls over against the the big sides anymore. Other than Chelsea, say, undefeated when uh, Moyes coaches from home, so maybe he should do that. He he was on the touchline in the last game, going yeah, crazy over the three three. But I'm gonna say I'm gonna he say broke the curse. two one Man City two one Man City. Okay, so close one. All right, that one's the early game on Saturday. The Andrew Pissarro won't wake up for that one. Could game. be a factor that uh, City have to play Porto on Wednesday uh, and then play that Saturday seven thirty a.m. game. Uh, usually, they give the teams uh, that are playing on Friday or Saturday in the in the league. They give them the Tuesday Champions League game, but not this time. Uh, yeah, that doesn't really make sense. I don't know why they would do that. Uh, Fulham and Crystal Palace also play on Saturday. They're the 10 a.m. game. I don't I don't think that's going to be a great one. I might find a way to bet on Palace in that game, depending on how, because... I don't know, man. Fulham we, I, looked I just, a little bit better. They uh, they finally got some of their really? signings, like Lookman and uh, 
Loftus Cheek and Anthony Robinson into the into the team. Okay. Uh, yeah. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. I would that, give them the, some the, consideration. The, okay. All right. I know. Yeah, this might be that. their first win of the season because you know Palace they always fuck up teams that are like way above them in the table, but this is usually the type of game that Palace Palace give away and you go, "What the what the hell Crystal Palace?" Like they might lose this 2 or 3-0 and you know, you're going to wonder what just happened, so. That's a good decent shout. Uh the marquee game of the weekend. Manchester United taking on Chelsea. Manchester United uh, obviously getting a 4-1 victory in the Premier League over Newcastle. Bruno Fernandes having his first ever penalty saved in the uh, Premier League. And then obviously Manchester United getting another famous win in Paris uh, just today, hours ago, where they beat PSG 2-1, an absolutely rainy day in Paris. Uh, Paul Pogba does not start for Manchester United, comes on, and I don't really know if I would really contru- can say he, he was a major factor, but they ran out of 5-3-2 today, with, which featured Luke Shaw as left center back and saw Alex Tellis play at left back. Um, and Twan Zabi was widely praised for his uh, performance against Neymar. Is today. the Oli, Oli train and, back in session? Is everyone back on the choo-choo Oli train? Or you what? guys tell me. I was going to say, are they favorites to beat Chelsea this weekend because of these two games? Is is it is what think, I'm trying to say is how long does it take to rub off the stink of a six-one victory or a loss? Sorry. Well, a four-one win think, and a PSG away two-one win that that's got to that's got to go a so ways that, toward so getting rid answer. of that. It's two games and it's two games like that. Okay. Well, I, I think it's the PSG game to be totally honest, and and I, I think too, Alex, and and don't take this the wrong way here, but you had the performance against Southampton and the draw today. Like yeah, Chelsea you know, been looking a little bit rocky on the boats lately. Three three against West Brom. Three three against Southampton. So yeah, you guys dumped on Crystal Palace, but who gives a shit? So you know? we get Mendy and Silva back and keep a clean sheet in Again, our second yeah. toughest game of the Champions League group stage that we're going to have. Obviously, Sevilla yeah, away is going to be decently impressive. It's going to yeah. be the toughest one. Uh, a team that just won the Europa League. A team that, from what I can see, is. Uh, very tight knit in terms of their chemistry, and uh, and we're one of the better defensive teams I've seen us play in Europe for the last two or three years. And we still get a clean sheet. Like, what what, what can we do? Like, what what do we need to do to please you guys? You know, you win. Rome wasn't built in a day, and neither will this Chelsea team be. I, I'm I'm fully confident that like time is of the essence like you need we need to get things rolling obviously soon i agree with that because giving up a 2-0 lead and then a 3-2 lead against southampton is is not right is uh, definitely not going to get us where we need to be but i i'm, I'm still super confident with Pulisic playing his like for having his first two starts proper of the season in these last two games and kind of looking like he's working his way back to fitness as well as hakim ziek who's come off the bench in both the games once we get those players uh, back and rolling, even one of those players uh, back fit and in form uh, alongside Havertz and Werner, uh, we've, we're going to have a very dangerous and potent attack. And uh, I kind of see this being as, like a fun as two, as continue, two As long as we continue to just keep the defensive solidity when we've got Mendy in goal, because Silva's not going to be able to play every game, I think we're going to be just fine because... Sorry to jump back to that Does Southampton Mendy save game again. Penalties? But, the, but the Southampton game... The second goal we conceded, the the error from Zuma, Zuma to start it is obviously terrible. Kepa then makes two mistakes that would be completely like unacceptable uh, to even make one of them. Somehow gets away with the first one where he miss, like just completely misses the ball, like completely just doesn't kick it away. 
and then comes back and then tries to use his feet again to clear it when he could have just dived on it with his hands. Like he's just, he, he somehow makes up new ways to look even worse. And then just having like a competent, normal goalkeeper between the pipes in Mendy just makes us look like good defensively again. It's absolutely amazing that just having Peter someone check. that isn't a complete head case in goal it's means Peter that check we're all of a sudden Alex. okay again. Peter yes, check to save the day from Kepa. Pete is back, everyone. How happy would you be to see him play another I game would, for Chelsea? I would love it. That would be amazing. That, Frank you just see saying, Kepa on the bench so, raging. So for people who didn't hear, uh, you had to turn, all the teams had to turn in their Premier League squad lists for the season uh, by today, Tuesday at like 2 p.m. in England. And some like uh, the two of the things I saw from that were that uh, Chelsea added Peter Cech. Uh, to our squad because we had an extra place available and uh, Jose Mourinho excluded Danny Rose from Tottenham's so he can't he's not even eligible to play Premier League games for Tottenham this uh, uh, until January at least so (laughs) like I don't know what's going on there but um, it's it's absolutely mental Frank keeps saying that like Czech's not going to play it's just in case of uh, like a bunch of injuries or something but I mean, he's been training with the squad for the last month, and after what they saw on uh, Saturday against Southampton with, from Kepa, they must have been thinking, "Well, if Mendy gets injured again, we can't start Kepa anymore. We need some more options." Pete, dust mm-hmm. off the old gloves and get back in there. So, I would love to see him back in. Uh, he's only thirty-eight. He's not like Buffon is. Buffon is it. like forty-two or something, and he's so still United playing. did do the double over Chelsea last season. Um, a yeah, four 0 win at at Manchester United, and then a two 0 win. And then we, we piped them. Bridge. Then we piped them three one in the. Uh, in All right. The well, they also beat FA you in Cup the League semifinal. Cup, Alex. Two one. Yeah, we played our backups in that Chelsea game. Have won, uh, it's been a while since Chelsea have beaten Manchester United in the league. Actually, since 2017. So I don't think the last time that Chelsea I don't think have this weekend United is the, the game that we should be aiming to win. I think right now, after. You know, having multiple games where we've conceded three goals to teams like Southampton and West Brom, they should be much more focused on maintaining this defensive record that we have when Mendy is uh, able to play, which I'm guessing he'll be able to play on Saturday. Uh, and, you know, go for a draw at least. I, I mean, Does that mean no Reese James start and Espiliqueta starts again at right back? Ooh. Uh, maybe. Well, or do you think that... Where do you think he'd go 3-4-3 three, three and put Reese at wingback and, and put SP at... And yeah. it always seems like it works when Frank has been playing a 4-3-3 uh, three, three or 4-2-3-1 for a good few t- games in a row, and then out of nowhere has just surprised a big team with it. He did it to Man United in the FA Cup and, semifinal. And, and he did it to it Tottenham Jorginho a couple times. Is it Jorginho Conte in the middle or Kovacic Conte? What, it may be Kovacic uh, Conte. He's been playing uh, Jorginho Conte for the last few games now after uh, Kovacic and Conte had an absolute uh, nightmare in the first half against West Brom. So he's kind of been scared to go with that midfield since then. Uh, but it's it's a viable option. Uh, Kovacic and Conte looked fine in the second half against Sevilla today, but it was kind of more of a game that was suited for uh, Kovacic. And I would kind of think that Man United away would be uh, the same kind of thing. You need energy in midfield. You need players that can break the press and then uh, spring someone with a pass. That's something we've lacked when we've been sitting back defensively. We have the pace and uh, quality up front to hit teams on the counter, but I just feel like the chemistry isn't quite like there yet with uh, limited service. When Chelsea aren't like dominating possession for like Pulisic, Werner, and Havertz to link up and and counterattack consistently, so. Uh, someone like Kovacic could definitely help with that. 
Today was the first time Chelsea had all six of their summer signings playing on the field at the same time. So, oh, were, you, God, were you a little bit excited, Alex, when that when that was going on? Yeah. How good did it feel? To, how good did it have, feel to have Timo Werner score his first Chelsea goals in the Premier League? Over it the felt weekend? great, but I also had the sinking feeling in my stomach when we were only up two 0 after probably the most dominant first half of football we've played in the Premier League this season against Southampton. Uh, and then we turned the ball over in front of our own 18-yard box and are only up 2-1 at halftime. It, it, you felt like it was coming, like we needed to score three or four in the hey, first I half. I called that Che Adams, to... Adams' first goal. I was like, he's playing y'all shit defense. You guys gifted him that free goal. Yeah. Javier he, called he, that. He can send his thank you card to Kepa. <laughs> a lot of people a lot of people can do that. So uh, final take, what are we thinking? Uh, oh, by the way, I just looked it up. On FanDuel right now, and again, this is the same bet that I gave out over the weekend. This is not a penalty to be scored. This is just a penalty to be awarded. It could be to either team. Plus 156. If you think we're getting a penalty at Manchester United, uh, it's I have not going to happen. You. Yeah. 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 Uh, but I, I'm but thinking 1 1. I think it has a kind of a boring, boring 1 1 written all over it. Okay. I'm, I'm going to think it's going to be fun. Uh, I'm going to say 2 2. A draw right now is at plus 260. Both teams are plus one. Manchester United plus 145. Chelsea at plus 175. And it draws at plus 260. All of that's courtesy of FanDuel right now. They are not sponsoring the podcast. But if you, yes, you who are listening to this podcast, know a sports book that would like to sponsor this podcast, let us know. Hit us in the DMs at Ghost Goal Podcast because guess who gambles all the time on soccer now? Oh, wait, it's Andrew. He's doing it all the time. Speaking of gambling, looking at look out for the gambling video. It will drop at some point on Friday. I, us- I usually try to aim to get it out around noon on Fridays. Um, if I'm going to be betting on Friday Night Football, I will put something out for you guys on Thursday, but all of our socials, at Ghost Gold Pod, at Andrew Passaro, at ASMOS92, at JavierRev9, one of us will have a link to that video at some point. Uh, there's always likely a chance to me be sadly, depressingly walking through Manhattan telling you to bet on a game on Sunday because I did shitty on Saturday. That's uh, another possibility, so look out for that. Um, Were we going to do Chelsea uh, United so prediction? Yeah. You said 2-2? Um, I'm going to take... Uh, I said 2-2, two, two, yeah. I'll, I'll be contrarian. I'm going to just take I was going to say, if you get United at plus money, like I would not fault you for taking that. Them at home against us, like Javier said, that we haven't beaten them in the league for a minute now. So, yeah, that plus money at home, that's not the worst uh, odds. It's good value. It's do good we, value for what you're do getting. Do we think that this the Sunday 10 a.m. game, Southampton-Everton, could, could this be Everton's first loss of the season? I think Southampton are a little bit on the up. Yeah. Probably going to take confidence from that 3 3 with Chelsea. Do you guys think uh, that. Uh, I don't. Well, they're not. They're no Richarlison. Oh, yeah. So no Richarlison. Is, yeah. I just. I don't know. I like Southampton the way they've been playing recently. And as, as much as I'm on the Everton bandwagon, Southampton at home has generally been, been a hard one for anyone to go. And I think that could be a fun one. I think that could be like a 2 2 or a 3 3 as well. I know I've been saying that a lot on the pod lately, but all these games have been fucking crazy. You know what I would. I don't know if I'm going to bet on that game per se, but you know what I would bet in that game. And let me find it real quick. Is It's it's something that I've been riding a bit lately, and I want to keep riding it, and that is... I might bet the under on the Wolves-Newcastle game that's right after that, because that one might be like a 1-0 or a 0-0. All right, well, I can't find it, but if I can find it and bet it... Uh, Dominic Calvert-Lewin to score any time in this game. If it's a plus money, you have to take that. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, he scored like, in his first five games. He's, he's And he scored for England. Like, I'm just going to I'm gonna keep betting well, this until it stops. You never know. Yannick you know I mean? Vestergaard could be, uh, you know, some sort of tonic for Southampton to prevent Dominic Calvert-Lewin on uh, set pieces and just aerial chances in general. So 
Um, I'm not saying they're going to shut out Calvert-Lewin, but those chances particularly uh, might be a little bit harder to convert. And that seems to have been most of or his bread and butter for this season, at least. Yeah, they, I, Southampton have as, as good a chance as anyone. Briefly mentioned Wolves and Newcastle might be OK. No, I you. would expect Wolves to <laughs> yep, win no that thanks. game. I was going to say, bet, uh, the, and, bet the under on that if it's decent money. Yeah, uh, Brighton and West Brom. Um uh, I will say the same thing. Uh, I, I think I qu- I felt bad for the social media manager who definitely had to read the uh, notification for this one. But NBC Sports was like information on how to watch Burnley versus West Brom, and I think I quote tweeted it was like, um, you know, you can also go watch something more entertaining like paint dry or the grass grow. But uh, supposedly it got <laughs> leaked that uh, the pay per view system they've brought in in England for fans to buy single games for fifteen pounds a piece, which is which is. This is like twenty it's bucks awful, American, but by it the was way. leaked that only seventy-five people total bought the Burn uh, the Burnley West Brom game from last Monday. <laughs> that sounds. About I mean, I, someone could have literally just made that up and tweeted it. I, I have no idea. Do not take that as fact. But the idea of that just makes me laugh. Seventy-five seems like a high number, to be honest. Yeah, for Monday night, <laughs> Burnley and uh, West Brom. Well, also, and also, let's be real. Like Burnley and West Brom fans aren't necessarily the most um, numerous. Uh, they're pretty blue. They're blue collar. I'm not saying poor. I'm just saying, you know, I don't see them chipping yeah, out that kind of they're money. They're uh, using illegal streams like you and me. Exactly. Exactly. All right, fellas. Not that we'd ever condone uh, any crimes like that on this podcast. Yes, we would never once tell you to go I would. stream something illegal. Fuck the establishment. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, like I said, follow us along on Instagram and Twitter at Andrew Pissarro, at ASMOS92, at JavierRev9, and at Ghost Pod. Until next time. Bye.